And we're going to try to cover 46 to almost to the end of chapter 47. It tells us in God's word, starting in chapter 46 at verse 1. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifice to God of his father, Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. For there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt. And I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Let me pray for us as we get started this morning. Message. Uh, our Father God from heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this Lord's day. Lord, you have been so good to us, Lord. That, Lord, we get to celebrate this morning, Lord, what you're doing in Dazzling and Christy life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for saving them, Lord. We give credit to you, not to them, Lord, but we give credit to you. You have done it, Lord. And we celebrate you today. And we pray, the Lord, through the preaching of the word, Lord, that many more are saved today. Many more turn from their sins and put their faith into you. But also, Lord, for those that are believers here, a lot of us, Lord, are struggling. A lot of us, Lord, do not know what tomorrow may bring. We all are experiencing some type of adverse times. So Lord, help us this morning. Help us this morning. Give us a word this morning. Lord, we need you this morning. Give us your truth. Help us, Lord. So care for us this morning. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. I remember about a, about a week ago, I took a few warm runners uh, to Harbor Oaks to the golf course. They call me Tiger Woods around here. So I took them out to the golf course. And um, so when I took the runners out there, um, they looked at the golf course, and they looked around, they saw it was gonna be a nice run that day. It's gonna be a long run. So things started getting difficult for the runners when they started. I noticed Mark was uh, two and a half miles in the run. And after he was running about two and a half miles, I look over, I saw a smaller head going by the trees coming back. So Mark was like, hey, this is too much for me. I'm done. Y'all can have this. So Mark wasn't going towards the end of the golf course. He was willing to start, start, I mean, to turn around and go back and give up at that time. But I saw the girls, they kept running. The girls kept going. And just a heads up, this is over four-mile run. So the girls are steady going at it through adverse conditions. I even saw little Eden. Chrissy smiling and cheesing at her starting out the race. Three miles in it, now Eden passed Christy, smiling at Christy. And Eden pushes through, and Eden makes it to the finish line. And I see Christy eventually comes and makes it. All of them were breathing hard, they were sweating, and doubt came their way. But I noticed for Mark, Mark wasn't cut out to finish it that day. Adversity was so much for him that day. He wanted to push through, but it was so much. And at that moment, he felt like the best thing to do right here was turn around. So the plan that I set out for him 
was too much. But Eden, through adversity, through the pain, she stuck through it. She stuck through the plan. She didn't understand all the joy that's going to come through with the plan, but she stuck through with it. Family, adversity at times sometimes try to hinder the plans, right? Amen. But adversity would never hinder the plans of God. Amen. So our test today, we're going to see this today that adversity that is in your life, adversity that is in my life, adversity would not hinder the plans of God. The plans I have for Eden to finish. She had an opportunity to turn back. But what did she do? She pushed through. She passed her sisters. She pushed through and she persevered because she stuck with the plan. In the words of the famous theologian, um, uh, Fred Hammond, he says this, God would do what he said he would do. He will stand by his word and he will come through. Y'all know the song. I like y'all never heard the song before. God would do what he said he would do. He will stand by his word and he will come through. God would do what he said he would do. He would stand by his word. He will come through. Do we believe that this morning? Yes. Do we truly believe that this morning? Yeah, man. If we believe that this morning, no matter what come our way, we don't point fingers at everybody else around us. We take adversity for what it is, and we stick with God's plan, and he will bring us through no matter what we go through. So how are we going to do it today? We're going to do it in three points today. God promise hasn't changed. Point number two, circumstances do change. Things change in life, doesn't it? And point number three here, we're going to end off with this. But circumstances don't change the plans of God. So I'll jump right here to point one. God promise hasn't changed. Look back at chapter 46 uh, in your Bible in verse one. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and he came to Bathsheba. Some of you guys may be asking, like, what is happening? What's the big deal about him taking what he had and going to Bathsheba and getting ready to go to Egypt? Think about it. Israel is the land of promise. Israel is the land of milk and honey. Israel is the land that God has promised to them that they would never be in need again. God would provide for them. Israel was everything for them. Israel was the land that God has given to them. But here in the text it says they're leaving Israel. They're in Bathsheba on the way to Egypt. So put us a sound right here. If God is a good God and provider of a land, why would he leave a land of milk and honey to go to another land? What's happening here? What is taking place here? For him to leave a land of promise to go to pagan Egypt. I think Jacob is considering this too. At this time, it was a famine. It was a famine in the land. But God has promised this land to him and to his family, but now he is called to leave this land to go to another land. I think Jacob was confused by this as well. That's why I tell you to go to Bathsheba. Bathsheba is a place that Abraham went to and Isaac went to, and they also did a sacrifice in Bathsheba. 
do a sacrifice when they want to speak to the Lord, want to talk to the Lord. And so when Jacob goes to Beersheba, listen what happened. God appears to him in verse 2. God spoke to Israel in a vision in the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. The first thing in this vision is God identifying himself. God said, Jacob, Jacob. Y'all know like them folks used to do, get them switches off the tree, right? And they say, they say have to say your name twice, you're really going to get it. You can say your name once, it's one thing, right? Brian, that's one thing. Hey, Brian, Brian, right? When they say it twice, it's something behind it, isn't it? So God said, look in verse 2, he said Jacob's name twice. Jacob, Jacob, why would God do that? I said the same reason why you do that for your kids. God is grabbing his attention in this particular moment, letting them know right now that I am speaking to you, Jacob. Pay attention. Jacob's mind is probably cloudy right now. He's thinking like, man, I'm supposed to be in Israel. My son is in Egypt. What do I do? Anxiety, anxiousness. What happened right here? What's going on right here? But we see here in the text is that God said, Jacob, Jacob. It's like God said, hey, stop it, Jacob. Stop it, Jacob. And what did God say next to him? He said, and he said what Jacob says then, he said, here I am. Verse 3, then he said, I am God, the God of your fathers. We know this is God of creation, the same God of Isaac. So it's always important now that God has let him know, hey, this is not you just talking and hallucinating your head. You now some of y'all, when you get high, right, when you just start thinking of stuff, right? Not that stuff. This is truly God. God is right here with him, and God is saying to him that I am God. Isn't that amazing, right? You know, a child stuck, right, in a boat, and a child is screaming for help, and you reach out and yell to the son, hey, I'm your dad, I'm here, I'm here. How did this child feel in that moment? The child feel what? Relief. Relief that help is here. Not only any help, a help that really loved me. So the help that comes to Jacob is God. Somebody that has loved the fathers of Jacob. And what does he tell him when he comes to him? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's the reason why he said do not be afraid. Why is that? God is not just saying words here. Why is God telling Jacob not to be afraid? Because Jacob is afraid. Think about a kid scratch their knee, right? They're going to ask for a band-aid. It's a reason why they ask for a band-aid. Because they scratched their knee. It's a reason here why God is saying do not be afraid because the brother is afraid. He's afraid and God comes to him. You guys remember the, the John 14, you always hear the funerals, right? Let not your heart be Trouble. troubled. Go on to John 14, it goes on to say, do not be afraid. Why is Jesus telling his disciples don't be afraid? Because Jesus is about to get ready to go away to be with his father. And the disciples are going to be by themselves in the world, but he's going to send a helper. So Jesus said the same word, do not be afraid. He knew a disciple would be afraid, so he came to them and said, do not be afraid. In the same way, the Lord came to Jacob and said, do not be afraid. This is the reason why he says this. Because Jacob is thinking now is that what is happening, what is going on, and the Lord comes to him and said, do not be afraid. And knowing that, the Lord tells him here, he said, Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. And verse 4 is so profound. Look at verse 4. I myself will go down with you to Egypt. It's a different story now, isn't it? 
He's afraid to go to Egypt, but now God said, I'm going to go with you. So God is reminding him right now in the midst of the circumstances of what's happening, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you, Jacob. God reconfirmed the words he given to the father. He told the fathers this. He told Abraham this. He told Isaac this, that I'm going to be with him. Now he's telling Jacob that I'm going to be with you. Family, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God always does this. So when we are confused about things, not knowing what to do, right? Decisions to make in life. Should I go to grad school, right? Should I have this surgery in life? How are we going to get our bills paid in life? When we think about all those things in this life, if this person right here is going to be the person I'm going to marry, all of these things that I'm asking, if you ask yourself in your head right now, one thing we can know for sure, that God is not going to leave us. He miraculously, he appears to us. He lets us know that his promises is forevermore. And even in this moment, what you're going through, his promises is true right now, what you're going through. So it's no mistake of those questions that you have in your head because you have a God that's right there with you in the midst of those questions. So many of you have been consumed with the right now that you're so consumed about what tomorrow may bring. Anxiety and anxiousness is right now. You're so confused what is happening. Things are just so overwhelmed right now for you. But family, regardless of all those things that are pretty much feel like it's drowning you under, it would not change the plans of God for you. But in that moment, your mind would try to tell you, even the evil one would try to tell you that God plans to change. God has turned his back on me, right? You feel like things are not working out. God has turned, but that's not true. God's plans do not change. So God reminds us daily of himself. God reminds us of his faithfulness. So family, May we trust the Lord in the midst of our own. May we be like Jacob, listen to the Lord, knowing the Lord is going to be here with us. So after I said all that in point one, now we're going to see a drastic change right here in point two. Circumstances do change. We see in verses 5 through 27 that Jacob's going to eventually go ahead and go down to Egypt. When we're going to go down to Egypt is that now is that Jacob's going to leave his land. Once he was in the land of promise, now he's in a pagan land. Circumstances have changed now. Again, some of you might be saying, well, what do we do after we turn to the Lord like Jacob did? We pray, we read his word, we're here on this Sunday. What do we do next? Jacob sought the Lord, what did he do next? Well, Jacob trusts the words of the Lord. He moves his entire family and possession to Egypt. Jacob heard the Lord's voice. And he obeyed the Lord. So in the midst of anxiety and decisions to make, we see Jacob already showed us that he's going to trust the Lord regardless of what it may seem. He still obeys the Lord. And what happened here? The Lord uses Pharaoh to send a wagon to bring all the possessions with them to Egypt. It was about total, it's about, it about total, it's about 70 family members that went down to Egypt with Jacob. So God is making Jacob a, a great kingdom now in Egypt. But this kingdom is not the land of promise. 
Again, you might be thinking that God had changed his plans with Jacob. No. Even though circumstances may change, God's plan is not going to change. God didn't change his plan with Abraham. He didn't change it with Isaac when they were tempted to move to Egypt due to the famine. You guys remember when Abraham was in the famine, what did he do? You guys remember what Abraham did when the famine came? He didn't even talk to the Lord. He just went right to Egypt. And then he lied about his wife, right, being his sister. So Isaac, his son, Isaac was stuck with a famine. Now, Isaac had an opportunity to do the same thing his dad did. So guess what Isaac did? Isaac was on his way to Egypt, too. But God stopped him and said, Isaac, don't go to Egypt. It says in Genesis 26, 1 and 2, There was a famine in the land beside the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, the king of Philistine. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Might seem like God plans to change it, doesn't it? God told Isaac not to go to Egypt, but God told Jacob to go to Egypt. How does this make sense? Why is God telling Isaac not to go, but he tells Jacob to go? Family. God dealing with Abraham looked different because Abraham's struggles were different. Let me say that again. You can write this down. God dealings with Abraham look different because Abraham's struggles were different. God's plan for the land of Israel was the same with Abraham and it's the same for Jacob. Abraham went to Egypt out of fear, but Jacob went to Egypt out of obedience. In the same way, Jesus was to bring restoration to Israel. Even when Jesus went down to Egypt as well, when an angel told him to go down, so why does God tell some to do one thing and he tells others to do another thing? Family, we might be asking ourselves this question right now. Why is God giving me this person right here you know, in my life that I don't want to be around? Or why is God giving me the job that I, that I do want to have? Or why is God doing this for this person he's not doing it for me? Why is God doing this? Why is this person that come to church every Sunday but they're still struggling. This person don't never go to church and they're getting blessed. Why is God doing this for some and not doing this for others? What is going on here? I would say this right here. God give all of us different circumstances in life because God knows what exactly what we need. All of us is different. We're not like robots, right? Let me give this person exactly this. Let me give this person exactly this. All of our lives are different. Some of our lives are like a roller coaster, right? Some of our lives are like the, the tallest mountain in the world. What is it? In Nepal. Um, Mount Everest. Some of us, our problem goes all the way up like Mount Everest. Some people just, they just coasting through life, right? Like everything's just going good for them in life. The reason why God allowed different things to come in different people's lives because God has promised to make us more like Christ and all of us need different things to come our way. Think about a runner again. Think about a runner in track. Right? What happens when a, when a runner keeps running? It builds endurance. It builds endurance over time. When God gives us the adverse, a lot of adverse things that come our way, it builds endurance in the believer. A lot of times we say we believe in Jesus when we are five years old and everything will be smooth sailing. A lot of times when we believe in Jesus, that's when everything gets rocky. Right. 
because Jesus has promised us he's going to make us more like him. So guess what he gives us? Or guess what he allows to happen to us? Adverse times. Not for him to defeat you, to throw you away, but to make you more and more like him. He's my dad growing up. I tell many of stories. I don't know if he wants me to tell you all of them. Well, I don't want you to tell them. I don't want to say all of them. Many of stories of difficult, difficult moments. For what? Because he wanted me to be the best man that God has called me to be. I didn't understand it at the time. Why I couldn't do this, Dad? Why I couldn't do this, Mom? Why I couldn't do these certain things? I asked all these different questions. But I didn't know what was best for me at that time. But he did. And right now, the Father in heaven knows what's best better than you. So we don't blame God why these things are happening. We say, God, thank you for doing what you said you're going to do in my life. Even though I don't like how this look right now, I don't want to see this right now, and I didn't envision this to see it this particular way, but God, even though when I don't understand, I'm going to trust you through this. And I think that's what's happening here in this text. That Jacob obedient, he leaves here. Abraham he didn't listen to the Lord. He just went on and down. He says, the famine ain't finna wait to starve. I'm getting out of here. The Lord appeared to Isaac. Isaac didn't go to Egypt. But the Lord appeared to Jacob, and the Lord appeared to Jesus. And Jesus went back. I mean, Jesus went to Egypt. And later on, Jesus was saved. You remember when Jesus was saved from the edict that Herod put out? And what we see here is too in our test here today. By Jacob being obedient to the Lord, his family is saved. His family is preserved. His family is cared for in this particular moment. So all of the family comes to Egypt right now. And you might think in your head that if the Messiah, Jesus, is going to come, he's going to be born in Israel. He's got to be in the promised land. But God has a better plan than this. He's got a better plan why he's taking them to Egypt right now because eventually God's going to bring them right back out of it because God went down with them to it. Point number three as we end here today. So we saw the circumstances change. They're now in an unpromised land, a non-promised land in Egypt. Egypt is a place that don't believe in God. It's a place that I don't want to trust God, but they're in, this, they're in this land. But look at point number three here. Even though the circumstance of being in the land not of the promise, God's plan is still going to be the same. It's not going to change. So what we see here, we're going to observe a couple instances of three instances of God not changing his plan. So the first is going to be, Jacob Delph doesn't change God's plan. Look at verses 28 to 30 in chapter 26, I mean chapter 46. He has sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck. A good while. Verse 30. And Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face, and now I know that you are still alive. Jacob finally sees Joseph in Egypt. You remember, guys, remember the story? The brother sold their brother into slavery, and the father thought that Jacob was dead, I mean, Joseph was dead, but now the father finds out now that the, his son is not dead, and he finally meets his son again for the first time. And then Joseph fell on his father's neck and wept for a good while. 
Joseph is excited to see his father, who was crazy about Joseph. But also, Jacob was also crazy about Joseph as well. So they are overwhelmed seeing each other. And now Jacob comes out and says, which is Israel, come out and say, I may die now. Come on now. If the promise is going to come through Jacob, we think that Jacob can't die. Could Jacob be the promised one to come? Because everybody, think about all the way from Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, we've been waiting from the beginning of the book of the Bible, we've been waiting for a promise to come. We're waiting on Jesus to come to die for the sins of the people, right? So could it be, could it be Abel? Well, Abel got killed by his brother. Cain sinned against his brother by killing his brother. Could it be Noah? No, he got drunk. Could it be Abraham? No, Abraham lied. Could it have been Isaac? Or could it be Jacob? Well, now we see it can't be Jacob because Jacob now is about to die. So it seems like if Jacob's going to die, it seems like the promise is going to stop. No, it's not going to stop. Because the promise goes past Jacob. The promise was actually given to someone that was greater than Jacob. The promise is given to Jesus that's going to come later. Jacob was a type. Jake was, Jacob was given us anticipated for us to be able to, to, be able to see the Messiah come later. This past week, Palmer Pie had a jamboree, I believe, or Little League Football had a jamboree, I think, this week. Does the jamboree really count as a win or a loss? Does it count? No, it doesn't count. Right, it gets them ready for the season. In the same way, Jacob is getting them ready for one to come. So Jacob is not the promise, but he's prepared for the one to come. So even though Jacob is about to die, the promise is going to be fulfilled. The second thing we're going to see here, moving to this new land doesn't change God's promise. In chapter 46, 31 and 47, 12, we're going to see now God gives them a land of Goshen. They're going to send them to the land of Goshen. And when they get in this land of Goshen, God is going to provide for them. Pharaoh is going to give them a land for this family. Pharaoh says this to Joseph, your father and your brother have come to you. The land of Egypt before you, settle your father and your brother in the best land. Let them settle in the land of Goshen. If, if you know any able men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Pharaoh give Jacob family the best land. So even in the midst of them going to Egypt, God gave them the best land. It's like God goes down with them, right? He went down with them and he blesses people in the midst of different circumstances. So Goshen is this temporary land of Israel now. Even in the land of Israel can be a safe haven for God's people. What about your life right now? Are you in a place you're so uncomfortable being in right now? Are you in a season of life you're just so overwhelmed with all the unknown things that are happening in your life? Family, if that's you this morning, I don't think God has changed either here. That God goes... In the midst of what you're going through, God go down there with you. He don't wait till you come out of it, right? He go down with you, and he be there with you right through it. So even though you might have all these things that are happening in your life, he's there with you through it all. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times we feel like God is going to come to us when we get out of this. Our God is different. He comes down to us in the middle, midst of pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of all the things that's happening. He comes down to us. And he stays with us. It's not about, well, do all these things and God is going to help you. It's far as say, God is not going to help somebody that don't want to be helped. 
Family, we were dead in our sins. We didn't want to be helped. God is the one that gave us the new heart. He didn't want to turn around for us to ask for help. Yes, we asked for help because he began the good work in us first. So family, in the midst of what you're going through right now, God don't have to take you out of it. But what our God does, he come down and he gets in there with us. He get into the grunt of things with us. So we're not alone in it. So we're going to have to wait down the road when this cancer is going to go the way. You have to wait down the road when God's going to give us a new job. In the midst of the job we're at, in the midst of the health issues that we are in right now, our God is right there with us through it all, and we can enjoy peace in that particular moment until the wedding to actually the cancer is actually healed. So family, we have bought into the lie and said, well, God has got to heal me first, then I'm going to... No, we can trust him right now because he's right with us right now. And that's what we see here in Egypt. As Jacob and his family is in Egypt, God is right there with them through it all, and God is blessing them. The last thing, point number three, as I, I mean, the uh, last sub point in point three, a famine came again. A new famine doesn't change God's plan. Like, all these famines are happening. It tells us in verse 13 and 47, now there was no food in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of the famine. So a new family has came. It seems as if the famine has been the most trying thing that's happened so far in Genesis. God is keep using famines right now. Well, think about it this time. It wasn't a Whole Foods. It wasn't a Super One. It wasn't a Walmart Super Center, right? You can go in there and buy anything you want at that particular time. Food was everything. So at this time right here, they didn't have these stores. So a famine came all the crops and everything is dead. If a famine is there, it's a good chance that what's going to happen to the people? They're going to die. But it seems like God is allowing famine. It happened to Abraham. It happened to Isaac. It happened to Jacob. It happened down in Egypt. God is sending these famines over and over. Well, God is allowing these famines to happen over and over. Again, what is God doing here? I do believe that God is using famine because he knows what they need at that time. Not to try to make this about us. It's showing you the beauty of God. God cares for his people. But my question for you this morning, though, is that it might not be a famine of food that you're going through right now. But it might be singleness. Right? Again, it might be your boss at work. It might be a coach. It might be a parent. It might be a friend. I don't know what God is allowing to happen in your life right now. But it's a purpose behind it. And the purpose behind it, again, that God is moving that, moving you. And he's making you more and more like himself. So God is going to preserve his people. He preserved them through Egypt, family. In the midst of the family, what you're having, he's going to preserve you through it all. So don't get desperate. Don't get desperate to cut somebody out of work. Don't get desperate and everything and going on what's called a Christian mingle. Is that what y'all be going to? You don't have to get desperate in the midst of singleness. Wait on the Lord. Trust the Lord. You don't have to try to do anything to try to take God's place. He's God, right? You're not God. Wait on him. And I end with these words at the end of the sermon here today. Again, 
God will do what he said he would do. He will stand by his word and he will come through. Family, do we believe that this morning? Yes. Let's get past the church religious stuff. We say amen and we love Jesus. Truly do we believe that this morning. If we truly believe that this morning, we're going to face this world coming. We're going to face tomorrow knowing that God will come through. And we're not going to blame everybody around us for what's happening in our lives. We're going to take it for what it is, knowing that God will bring us through in that particular moment. If we truly believe that God has said he's going to do what he's going to do, God will do what he said he would do. If we truly believe that, we can look tomorrow in the face, knowing God will be faithful to his promises. Let me end with a couple applications. That's how the preacher gets you, don't he? So I'm in. I got one more in. Let me get one more in here. A couple applications. Let me help you out on this. Remember that our current circumstances will not change the plans of God. No matter what your circumstance is. Everybody in this room going through something. Everybody in this room going through something. But whatever you're going through, it will not change the plan. Your, your circumstance is not bigger than God. All right. right? All right. It's not bigger than God. It may seem the time that God has left you because we, we didn't expect these things to happen. But whatever you didn't expect to happen, it's still not bigger than God, so you're okay. You're okay, okay? You're okay. Because family, God does not change. And since he does not change, family, he will be with you through it all. Number two, take this right here with you too as well. To help you remember that God's plan does not change. Write this down. Write this down. Put them in your phone. Joshua 21, 45. Not one of all of the Lord's good promises of Israel will fail. Everyone was fulfilled. One you guys know is coming, verse Psalm 23. The Lord of my shepherd, I shall not want. You don't have to want, y'all. Be okay. We don't have to want. Okay? Another one here. Proverbs 13, 12. Or Proverbs 13, 9. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but fool detests turning from evil. Luke 1, 38. I am the Lord's servant. May, may, Mary answered, May your word be me, to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Eventually, Jesus was born in this. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident to this, of this, that he will begin a good work and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest of wheat if we do not give up. You guys get these things over and over? God had promises for us. It's going to happen. And one I have mentioned already, again, he won't leave us or forsake us. Believe that. And lastly, hear the other people's testimonies in the church. You guys have heard Dashley and Christian testimony of what the Lord did in their life. God has been faithful and kind. Listen to Elijah. Listen to Jaquela, Zoe, Rihanna. Listen to how God has saved them, how God is keeping them. Listen to the testimony around you. So when you're going through trials, call somebody up in your brother and sister in Christ and hear what God is doing in their lives. Let that be encouraging to you. Let me, let me pray for us as we end.